Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings a wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. All right, everybody. Hello. It's time for Not Just Blowing Smoke. Coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop Studio headquarters in Hooksett, New Hampshire. Be sure to hit the subscribe button, whether you're watching us live on Facebook or YouTube. Or if you're just listening after the fact on Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, Google, or wherever else you may have found us, make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you don't ever miss a thing. I am Pastor Padron, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Shell, Pat, and Dave. And we're doing some summertime smokes. Summer, summer, summertime. Summertime smokes. Smokes that are really good on a hot summer day. And we are starting off with this, the Asylum 13 TAA. Uh, for the 2022 uh, 11 by 18 uh, from Asylum 13. It's a uh, Honduran uh, Habano hybrid wrapper, Honduran binder filler. And the 1118 is a signature size of Christian Aroa, who is a part owner of Asylum. And um, it is a very unique size. It's six inches, and then it goes from 48 at the one end to 54 in the middle and back to 48 by the time you get to the head of the cigar or foot, depending on which side you started. But it's a very slight little figurato, mm-hmm. and uh, that adds some complexity to the smoke. Um, now, Asylum is normally a uh, Nicaraguan cigar. This particular release is all Honduran, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's a little bit of a different take on the Asylum uh, uh, experience. And we are sm- smoking it while we are drinking this the old forester 100 proof do you know anything about that pat it's uh 100 proof yeah <laughs> it's straight bourbon whiskey it's the best kind it's yeah the best kind there it is right there very affordable and very good and uh i'm gonna want to know what you guys think about the pairing with the cigar here i wanted a little something with a little kick for the cigar, well, what are first impressions? <coughs> Dave is about to pass out. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. worry, Dave. We've done the show yeah. without you before. We can do it again. Just one time. No, it's interesting. You well, bring at least up you the, already got my cameras up, so that's half the battle. It's interesting you bring up, you know, the 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 uh, yes. unique size. Yes. Because if you take a good look and even just a slight rub here, you can feel the bulge where. It, yeah, yeah. Hey, it changes. Give it a slight rub and you'll feel the bulge. And the genie comes out. You feel the bulge, huh? <laughs> wow, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Just like high school all over again. Anyway. It is. It is kind of just like high school. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. No, but it's lots of wood so far. It's it's so far. It's nice and mild. <laughs> I just got wood for that, right? You're digging it even deeper. Wow. I'm just going to leave my mind in the gutter down there and you guys can continue on without me. <laughs> all right. Pat, do you have anything non-eighth grade to say about the cigar? Yeah, so the cigar, it's uh, I'd say it's kind of a mild plus to medium body. It leaves a um, 
like kind of like a black pepper and I want to say like a chocolate kind of cracker coating on the palate, and then the retro hail brings in kind chocolate of like... cracker. Whoa! <laughs> With a bulge, I don't know what to say back. <laughs> so it leaves out on the palate, and then the retro hail like introduces like a nice sweetness from the Maduro wrapper, and then like a little bit of like that cedar wood, and then there's kind of a um, I want to say it's it's like either like kind of a mild leather or like an espresso. I can't really distinguish go it. Go with the yet. espresso on that. I'd go yeah. with the espresso mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Now that you bring up the chocolate, I'm definitely getting more of that. Now that I'm kind of getting into it. But very, very earthy, I think. Yeah. yeah. Earthy, like an unsweetened, dark cocoa mm -hmm. kind of a feeling. Yeah. Uh, real big espresso notes, I think, there. And it does have a really lingering finish. It really does. Now, that sweetness is definitely there in the retro hill. Mm -hmm. mm. As is Lots. a nice little bit of spice. Yes, spice. A little bit of pepper. Spe and a ton of I was going to say spice. It's pepper. Spepper. Pepper. Oh, pepper. I'll sip the drink to see nice what that does. Yep. This is Dave Silver, people. No <laughs> free game tonight. <laughs> nope. Spepper. Off his game. It's not my game. Oh, my goodness. So the there were only 500 boxes of these that were made. Uh, this year, and they were only available to retailers who attended, who are part of the uh, TAA, the Tobacconist uh, Association of America. That's about 100 stores in total, and that's 100 locations. It's probably about 70, 75 um, specific kinds of shops right, or right. individual smoke shops. Like Twins has two locations. That counts as two of the 100 right, stores yeah. in the country. So if you have multiple locations, um, you're part of the hundred there. But it's nine bucks. It's not bad, right? Yeah. You know, this is a nine dollar cigar. That's another perfect thing about it being a summertime smoke. Right. It's right in that sweet spot. So many cigars, for lots of different reasons, are really the average seems to be going up above ten bucks. Yeah. You know, it used to be, you know, even just even just a year two years ago, I one of my mantras was you do not need to spend more than $10 to have a world-class cigar. There were lots of choices out there that were very, very good for $10 or less. And that's slowly going away. <laughs> you know, the, it seems like the mean price of cigars, really, you know, now you're looking at it, the average being somewhere between 9 and 14 right, right. instead of like 7 to 12 being the old kind of average, I think, right. even just a couple of years ago. <clears throat> no, definitely. I found a lot of nine, nine and a half price cigars that are really good mm -hmm. as opposed to a twenty, thirty dollar one that you smoke on a special occasion. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like the fourth quarter is usually when all the like the big bangers come out. I feel the like big bangers? Like the gonna be like you know, like the fourteen to twenty dollar range. I feel like yeah. that's usually when that kind of trickles down out, like that's, after PCA releases. That's and, certainly the way it was last year, wasn't it? We, I mean, we got about almost 20 new cigars came out right around Christmas time. And yeah. Most of them were in that range. Yeah. I don't think any of them were actually, like, trying to think back on it. I think the only new cigar we got in the Himuro that was under was maybe the Fay Lux. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was the only one that was under ten bucks. <laughs> Everything else was fifteen. To now, 20. I guess the street taco. I think that was around street taco time. Was it yeah. around street taco time yeah, when it came, came out? Street was that quarter time. one? Uh, it might have been quarter street one. Street taco actually. came out a little later. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. quarter one. 
Um, I'm excited mm-hmm. about that. They got the Connecticut version of the street taco. Mm. The um, what is what is that? Carnita. The carnitas, yeah. Carnitas. The cornita. We're gonna be smoking that next week. I think that's gonna be. Yeah, I smoked the that. um the uh, king of the small gauge, like that limited release mm-hmm. um launch that we put out. Yeah, from Rojas. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was really good. It was it good? Well, maybe we'll have to do that too. I mean, as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, screw the Humi people. You got, we got to introduce you to what's new at Twins. That's half the fun of doing this show. That's right. Mm-hmm. Is smoking what's new and letting you know what's going on and so you don't miss out on stuff. Um, what kind of th- – I know we talked last week about, you know, does the summer heat kind of affect how you smoke, you know, where you smoke, or does it, you know – do you actually smoke less in the summer or more? We had that discussion last week. But what what are some of the cigars that you like to smoke in the summertime? Do you, do you gravitate towards certain types of cigars in the summer versus the winter? Me, not necessarily, because I smoke what I smoke. And... <laughs> I mean, you I'm sound not like prison Nick. I'm not a person who I gets smoke up. everything. <laughs> I smoke it all, smoke and I've all. smoked it a million times. I'll smoke it again. Yes, another day, another smoke. I'm not somebody who gets up and oh, I need to have a light cigar in the morning because it's morning time. I'll go, you know, straight for a full mm-hmm. body if I'm in the mood for that. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I start like that. So the weather doesn't really dictate what cigars I choose, but I think during summertime you are looking for what's new. Mm-hmm. You kind of want to, you know, sit outside and have something you haven't had before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. I, I might as well bring it up now, mm-hmm. even though it's a little early in the show. <laughs> you you kind of stole my thunder for my, my past Padron cigar confession. Uh, and my confession was going to be, you know, where did this whole thing come with having a light cigar in the morning? Or light tobacco in the morning. Or you have to start light before you get heavy. You have to build yourself up. I've never been like that. I, right from the right from the beginning of smoking cigars, uh, whatever I felt like having it was what right. I had. Right. And, um, you know, for the last 10, 15 years, I've really kind of appreciated, you know, darker, heavier-bodied cigars. And that's what I like to have in the morning. I like to have something dark and heavy to go with a nice, frankly, strong coffee. Right. You know, I, I've never understood the rationale of, oh, you know, it's not 10 a.m. yet. I have to have a Connecticut. Right, right. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Don't don't get me wrong. But why is it kind of a thing to have a Connecticut in the morning, a Habano in the afternoon, and a Maduro at night? I, I just don't, I don't get that. Well, I think... It's uh, on your palate. Like a lot of people like to have a sugary coffee in the morning because they don't mm-hmm. like a you know nice black coffee to get their they they get their kick out of the sugar mostly as Dave. opposed to the coffee. Hey, I drink nothing but black now. <laughs> no, you drink black coffee with brown sugar, sweet foam on top of it. No, that that's only once in a while. Completely sugared. I tried it the other day, and I could not. It was really good, but it was really sweet. <laughs> it was really sweet. You can't tell me that's a black coffee because did five you, minutes did later, you get it black. I got it black. See, there yeah, you go. I got it black. But when foam. you put an inch and a half of sweet, oh, it's a half an inch of foam. Not an inch when you put a big thing of sweet <laughs> foam drizzled with brown <laughs> sugar topping on top of it, <laughs> it ceases to be a black coffee. Agreed. Now it was good. Don't get me wrong, yep. and it, that little sweetness yep. was nice. 
But you can't tell me that was straight black coffee. Don't tell me this. No, it's not straight black coffee, but I do get straight black coffee. I do. No, I don't think I've ever seen that in my life. When you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to do it in front of me sometime. All right. All right. All right. You have to do it in front of me. Prove your point. <laughs> Prove it. You're gonna have to. Do you smoke something? Well, light when you in the when you work you... here tomorrow in Hookset, typically when you yeah. see the regulars. Yep. Ask them how I get my coffee. This is turning because most of them bring me one. Dave defending himself about his coffee. <laughs> and I say I want it black. Just bring it black. I want to know what Pat smokes in the morning. Something light or just whatever you feel. He smokes a point day in the morning. Come on now. Well, yeah, but is it something lighter? <laughs> um, point days are just depends, for Friday. Like, They're for every day. Depends what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Like usually. Every day that ends in Y. It's, um, I, I don't really smoke mild cigar. Like what people would characterize as mild. Right, yeah. So, you know, I, I, no. And then even like when I was kind of a, amateur smoker i I don't think i really specifically chose like a lighter i'll say wrapper cigar i think a lot of people that smoke a light in the morning it's because they think darker is going to be stronger right. and like they didn't eat enough that day they're going to get sick but no i just kind of i think if i'm going to do like a cigar review that night i think the only time that i'll choose based on like body is when i'm gonna i need like a clean palate like i'm not gonna smoke like you know, a, a Liga number nine in the morning and then a Neanderthal after and then smoke a medium-bodied cigar for a review right, kind of right. thing, you know, mm -hmm. so. But I, I don't, yeah, I just kind of see what I feel like having, which with coffee, it's usually a, a medium to, like, full cigar. Yeah. Speaking of coffee, the old Forester here is bringing out the chocolate in the cigar. I'll agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. I got a lot of chocolate. For those of you the, out the there who are wondering what, you know, this was a segue to the drink. I'll talk about coffee. This is what we're drinking. <laughs> all right. Old Forester 100. And it really changes the cigar. It brings out the dark kind of sweetness that's in the under and wrapper and uh, binder and fillers there. It's, mm. I really like it. I, I think it, it improves the cigar. It, absolutely. Now, I think that it. Oh, are you going to go? No, no, you're fine. The um, bourbon on the finish kind of puts forward the, like, the pepper. The pepper, I think, is more intense on the retro after mm -hmm. the drink. And then it brings forward, like, the, I want to say, like, that earthy leather I was kind of getting. And then the finish, like, I think why we notice the chocolate is because, like, the chocolate gets moved from, like, the palate to the finish. So it's, like, a lingering kind of sweet cocoa finish now mm -hmm. after doing the drink. Well, you smoke it's a little harder glass. to smoke these wide top yeah. glasses, but... We don't have to clean them, so that's a plus. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> <laughs> Drink them and chuck them. Let's smoke it up. Let's see what happens here. Let's see what this does to the drink. Well, I think it brings a lot of woodiness <laughs> to the, the old forester there. It brings out a lot more wood flavor. Hmm. Any plastic tones? <laughs> Maybe a little. It's just yeah. the weeded. Yep. Yep, I'm sure this stuff would eat right through the plastic if you left it sitting in there. Oh, this is a good Halloween <laughs> trick in a plastic mm -hmm. cup. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Another good middle school trick. <laughs> middle school trick. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, look what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm in science class in middle school smoking a glass. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think? That How did it uh, affect it for you? Definitely get more pepper. I oh, got to yeah. do that again. Yeah, a lot of pepper. You got a lot more pepper in the bourbon? Yeah. yeah. 
I'm gonna have to try that again. So while you're doing that, it's I have a lot a question. more wood ears. Got a lot more wood notes. So since we've had this um, cigar in the shop, I want to say like two and a half, two months. I think at the beginning of the summer we probably got it. Yep. How many traditional asylum smokers have you noticed getting it opposed to non-asylum smokers? Since it's such a unique Vitola for your typical Asylum 13 smoker. It's fun. It's That's a really good point because people who smoke Asylum typically are buying the larger ring gauge cigars. Mm -hmm. Now, Pain Asylum mode. makes very, can we say, normal <laughs> sizes. You know, 660, you know, 550. I mean, they, they make a lot of smaller ring gauge cigars too. But typically, the asylum guy is smoking a 660 or bigger. Big, yeah. And so mm -hmm. I think they look at something like this that's odd-shaped and not a 60 ring gauge and avoid it. I haven't seen a whole lot of... Like, yeah. one th I haven't seen a lot of Asylum 13 regulars pick right. up this cigar. And I think it's kind of a shame because this is a really good, yeah. different blend i can i can attest to that here and hooks it i feel like uh a lot more of the, my regulars have uh tried it than the uh my asylum guys they're just like give me that uh you know pandemonium mm -hmm. so if you put a like a 770 or a 660 880 next to this cigar on a counter and then you have like a traditional asylum smoker choose one of them which I, I would say they're both probably the same price maybe the 880s are like another dollar or two more do you think that you could get them to get the 1118 and if you couldn't why i think it would be a challenging sell because largely people who will buy asylums as dan said are looking for the bigger size for that for lack of a better term <laughs> the best they, bang for the buck right the bargain <laughs> you get a large cigar for a decent price and you can have it for hours um, I can have six ounces of tobacco instead of four ounces of tobacco for just 50 cents more. And I don't know that, well, in my experience, I haven't had, uh, you know, guys who smoked a bit larger ring gauge come back and tell me about the tasting notes. So you'd really mm. have to pitch what this tastes like in order to get them to drop down in size. So do you think that Asylum 13 traditionally is for, like, your kind of budget smoker? Well, I don't think so because you have things like the Medulla Oblongata that are really good what people don't know about because they don't want that size. They want a larger size. So it's it's telling them what it tastes like and hopefully it fits their palate. You have anything to say about that, Dan? Generally, the people I see who are regular Asylum 13 smokers are looking for something <clears throat> that is in that magical $10 or under range that they can smoke for several hours. And so they're, they're looking for a larger cigar that they can enjoy for an entire evening instead of, and, and I don't think they're necessarily going for it because it's so nuanced or you know the flavor profile is so great i mean obviously you don't smoke what you don't enjoy right you know but i i think they're going for for lack of a better 
expression best bang for your buck mm -hmm. you know what can i smoke for three hours that i'm not going to get tired of right that i'm going to enjoy I, I really think that's what most asylum guys at twins are going for mm -hmm. so then touching on a previous conversation we've had when we smoked the new guardian of the farm cerberus with line extensions do you mm -hmm. think that even though it's a limited batch taa do you think that this is a good line extension or a bad one considering the clientele and it's not just like they just change the size of the cigar i mean the you said they changed change. the blend yeah. yep. so do you think that that was a good thing to do to maybe kind of do, do you think it was a, a a good tactic to kind of give your traditional asylum smokers a new experience you think it was well, a tactic to bring in new smokers who wouldn't have otherwise tried that, the blend. That. But it's not even the same blend. Right. So. Well, I don't know if we can actually really speak to that because we're just like, you know, one store. Um, I think that, you know, across all the other stores, it's probably you're going to have stores that don't sell a lot of the big ones, that sell a lot of the smaller ring gauges, and it's there's going to be a lot spread out, so... I don't think it's always like that. Well, I think because Otherwise. they know their demographic and they still make those large sizes and different sizes, they know, you know what they're selling and who's buying those. So I think it's a good thing that they're branching out to Pat's point, bringing other people who are afraid of those long, those bigger cigars because they think it's too much. And having something nuanced like this might bring them in and have them explore that yeah. line. And, you know, maybe to Dave's point, you know, if, if uh, you want to have you want to have a, a wide selection yeah. of asylum cigars. Yep. Um, you know, obviously, asylum, K, the, the larger ring gauge, 60, 70, 80, 90, the 90 <laughs> ring gauge cigars have a certain audience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a very attractive cigar to, to people who are looking for something you know, in that size. Yeah. <clears throat> However, like I said at the beginning, Asylum makes a whole range of sizes. And, you know, I think, I think I'm, I'm going to side with, with you, Shell. I, I think putting out this particular size is a way of drawing new people in to try Asylum who wouldn't normally right. try it. And yeah, asi the, the blend is the, the, the regular blend of Asylum 13 is different. But it's also, you know, maybe that person would be willing to try a 660 or one of the the Robusto-sized right. uh, versions of that if they liked this, you know. Yeah. And the Medulla Oblongata is also a different blend than the normal uh, Asylum, and that's also available in larger and smaller ring gauges and round or box press. Mm -hmm. So I think they're trying a bunch of different things to 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 grab as many pe people as possible there are some people out there who i know love box press cigars for instance yeah. and, um and i i think the box press uh medulla oblongata is it's good <laughs> it's very very good it's one of my favorite regular asylum cigars and yet there are people out there who the box press cigars just turn them off and lo and behold there's a round version of the same blend you know right there and now, if you're, if you're kind of a, an enthusiast or a geek or a nerd like us, you like trying the round versus the box press, and seeing how that tobacco blend changes, 
with the shape and press of the cigar. You know, you, you experience the tobaccos differently because the box pressing uh, kind of slows the burning process down a little bit. Um, so the way the tobacco performs uh, on your palate is different. Right. You know, so... Um, so I, I think I think something like this is, you know, more to a show what they can do and b try to reach out to new people. Yeah. So what, now, what do you have an opinion on that, Pat, or are you just being the neutral judge, lawyer guy, and asking the questions? Well, I'm being neutral, but my I guess my critique of it, just based on the general like TA, uh, TAA and PCA releases, is. Mm -hmm. So typically, you know, I'll just fire off top of my head examples. Like you had Ashton VSG TAA, which was, I think, the Robusto. You had a Padron TAA, which was, I think, a, six, a 1964 Robusto, right? Mm -hmm. Or Toro. It, 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 to me, it's a Toro, but it's a Robusto. Mm -hmm. And then the Lost Angels from Crown Heads, which two years ago was a box press. This year, it's just a regular Toro. Right. You know, so you had, and then Kristoff, they have the Coraline San Andreas blend, but their um, TAA was the box press San Andreas, which right. was a huge hit, at mm -hmm. least at that store. <clears throat> so when I'm looking at, like, the general populace of companies, I'm seeing that typically what they do is is they try to provide, like, a unique experience for what I would consider a regular consumer of that product. Because nothing's too weird. It's like they're just changed, like, the Vitola sort of like you know making it a box but instead of a regular you know brio. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what I'm seeing with Asylum is they're doing something that may not be rewarding to their general populace of consumers. So for instance, like the PCA release was a very mm -hmm. tight, thin box pressed Maduro cigar, mm -hmm. and then now their TAA release is a like you know like a at most 50 gauge Figurato. So all these other companies kind of follow, like let's give the everyday smoker of ours a little twist on the experience. And then Asylum is kind of going out there and, and doing a completely different experience where it's, it's, it's almost like, I would say unappealing to the pro likely the majority of that smoking base. Mm -hmm. That may be true. And, and I think, I think those are very valid points. Yeah. I I could say on the, you know, an, another facet to look at, though, is to me, you know, when you're making something special for the TAA or PCA, when you're making a special limited release, <clears throat> most companies take something that they know is a hit and make it longer, make it shorter, box press it, round it, what, but they've, they're not trying anything new. Here Asylum has done something new. They've put together a, a different blend in a different in a different Vitola. And I think, you know, the idea that they're being creative and bringing out something totally different than the normal thing, you know, I think says something about them too. Yeah. They're, they're trying to still be creative. They're trying to still be on the edge. So I guess my overarching question for it would be, do you think that these limited releases should be aimed to providing a new experience for so that you know that your consumer is going to enjoy or to be creative and branch out beyond that consumer to pull in someone because to me like the latter example is they're going to smoke the limited release cigar when it's gone 
it's so different than their core line stuff. They're not going to go to the core line. Mm. So it's it's just like you lose that consumer kind of thing. I think you also That's my to, opinion at least. Most of the consider what a limited release is. Is it just something somebody wants to do as a project, as a passion project, or did they want to test it out? How's this blend going to do? Do people like it? And if they like it, maybe we'll introduce it into a core line later down the road. So I think it kind of goes both ways. You want to be creative and try something different, but at the same time, you want to test the waters and see, can we actually do this? And So you think that limited it? releases should be geared towards different consumers, not your everyday consumers? Yeah. I think you want to branch out and, you know, have people who smoke other things enjoy your product as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think the best way to try something new is in a limited release. You don't want to do a broad release and it suck, you know. <laughs> dip, your toe, dip your toe in the water, man. Well, we flopped you know? that one. Well, you know, I think you have, you have examples of a, a TAA release of something being a hit and then being made a regular offering. Um, like the San Andreas, the know. the San Andreas TAA is now going to be a a, a regular core line in Kristoff. Mm -hmm. The uh, um, TAA uh, Padron Toro, the 1964 Toro, mm -hmm. um, is is uh, available for for you to get. You know, whenever another uh, TAA cigar, I believe too, was the uh, 1926 number 48. Mm -hmm. And um, that's now made all the time. Um, so, you know, I think you can do something and have it become core. Uh, and and so to that point, maybe this is something that they're trying to do. See, you know, let's make let's make five hundred boxes of this and see what happens. Right. You know, but I I still think Pat's making a a good point that. You know, this is very, this is a very different blend from the normal asylum uh, experience, and the shape is different too. So, you know, I don't know that your average asylum person um, is going to gravitate toward this particular patola. And again, it takes somebody pointing it because I didn't know the actual Vitola size because mm -hmm. I never expected it that closely and I'm, I'm, I'm interested because I'm at that point now where it's 48, you know, 54, 48 exactly it's like a certain mix of lots of so I mean I could throw another curveball in that kind of oh. hits oh. Oh. Yeah. all of it's, a sudden Pat's talking people <laughs> listen this one hits more at home probably so let's take Kurt's example of the first expression of 724 being box pressed with mm -hmm. the cigar cows and cycles mm -hmm. so now that's kind of the reverse now where that was the first offering Kurtz had of a box press cigar and I think we can all agree it was a major success. I yeah, think we mm -hmm. I don't know how many boxes we got, like forty to fifty. Fifty. Yeah. And they sold out I wanna say less than two weeks. Yeah. And to this day I still have people asking me for more of them. Mm -hmm. So now to me now in this case, this is like what Asylum's doing, except now in Kurt's case it was a huge success. So now here's a cigar that is much different than anything he currently offers. I know he has his PCA coming out, so mm -hmm. I'm just going to pretend that's not existing right now, but it's not out yet. So you have this really successful cigar that we don't have anything else we can offer that would be to that kind of a person, mm -hmm. which I had a lot of people who bought that that I haven't seen typically getting 724. Mm -hmm. It's not like it's just like a one sale. It's like a multi-sale, like numerous mm -hmm. times. So do you think that when you're trying to show off your 
And there's no right answer to this. Yeah. When you're trying right. to show off your skill and creativity, do you think that if it's so different than what your regular, like, don't you think you want to have something in there that you can kind of transition that person to your core line to become like a daily smoker or at least a rotation smoker of yours? Or is something like the cigar cars and cycles, like something that you feel everyone should be doing because it's testing creativity and kind of like, since it's a limited product, they don't have to, I guess, put the investment down and make this a continuing core line things. So you can kind of do something you wouldn't usually do because you don't have that long-term kind of overhead on it because when it's gone it's gone you only have this much you know what i mean so do you think that that's because like now that's the same asylum point because right. this is the other verse where there's people that like i in, in situations i can't satisfy because like to me like we, we don't have much that is similar to that cigar because mm -hmm. it was like to me that was like a pretty elite cigar from like in my palate at least we're not saying that the other stuff kurt has isn't on that level but for that that was such a that very, was a very very specific very cigar, cigar yeah. and the closest thing mm -hmm. we probably have is the hustler which i don't think in my opinion is close to that cigar mm -hmm. well, it's so. all the extenuating circumstances i mean that specific cigar wasn't made for you know everybody it was made for a specific shop and so and an event for and, that and, shop. Right. Yeah. And so we get a lot of lines that make event cigars, and then either they go well or they don't, but a lot of the time you don't get that anymore. And so when it comes to something like this, I think it's not so different from the core line that they wouldn't continue to make this. Uh, I'm just going to call it the CCC so I don't trip over my tongue. <laughs> the CCC was a very, as you said, elite cigar, very different for Kurt. Uh, very different from what we're all used to, mm -hmm. and I, I can see that being a one-time only, and then we'll see what we do next in the future. Yeah. do you think, like, yeah. as like kind of like long-term planning, and like when you release this project, don't you feel that you don't want to run <clears throat> into the situation where you have people that are hooked on your line because of this limited batch cigar, and then right, you, right. you can't retain those people as rotational smokers because you don't. It's so different than what you're offering. Right. You can't bring them in. I mean, well, there's, I, there's I, the breaks. I mean, some people like Pepsi, some people like Coke. You can't have everybody smoke everything. You know? I, I think if if this really turns out to be a big hit, and I really enjoy this cigar, I, I think it should be a big hit. Mm -hmm. um, I would hope that Asylum would then turn around and do something with it. I mean, a yeah. great, great example of that would be, um, you know, along the same lines here, you know, Steve Saka made, uh, a special cigar for um, a shop's 150th anniversary. And um, that cigar ended up becoming the Bewitched. Right. You know, so it did really well. It was a great blend. And then he brought it into his normal thing. You know, this is something that Asylum could do. The, the Club Humidor cigar is something also that Kurt could do. And um, frankly, I think he should. It was, you know, you have, and Kurt's not stupid either. I mean, you have 50 boxes of something and it goes in less than 10 weeks, Kurt's going to go, hmm. Things to make you go, And, hmm. and yeah, you know, or, or Kurt would actually say, hey, now. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I would not put it past him if he decided to, to bring that back in some capacity. I mean, just. So use... then do you, do you feel that it's good for companies to, try to do something so different than their line in a limited release i think i think it's very important to me and, and again this you know like you said there's no real right answer to this um but 
you know, my biggest fear for companies is turning out to be a one-trick pony. You know, you come out with something and then all you do is variations on that theme instead of, you know, trying to create something new. There are exceptions to that. You know, Padrone does one thing really well that is so different than what other people try and do. It's just totally unique. I mean, just... But other than... But now Padron's using Dominican tobacco for limited release. But that's, you know, but their cigars all have that quintessential Padron-esque kind of flavor and mm. spice. They formulate. You know, they, they have a real big formulaic thing, you know, but they're all branded Padron. Right. You know, but if you're, if you've got multiple lines of cigars, but all the different lines basically taste very similar is is that a good thing you know i mean certainly you want any cigars you know within a particular line of cigars to have that similar experience but if your brand a brand b brand c are all basically the same thing you don't want that either you know what i mean yeah so you know i i like seeing companies try and break out of the mold and do something do something new i think i think that creativity is really important i like seeing that yeah. uh, maybe not everybody does and you know certainly you know with padrone as an example you don't necessarily have to do that to be successful but it, it is one of the things i like seeing in a company i'm just going to use my crystal ball here i mean when something has the same band as most of their line mm -hmm. it's in my opinion something that's probably going to be introduced as a as a core line thing later down the road maybe even replace something that's in the existing line you heard it here first brother Bali's predictions mm. <laughs> i mean like asylum could have probably put out an 11 18 like 70 gauge cigar 70 gauge cigar, yeah. That would okay, be I, think, I think they did at one point. Did they? Um, let me uh, let me go check my magic mirror here. Uh, let's see. How's construction over there, Dave? Pretty good. Had yeah. one touch-up once, but other than that, it's corrected itself. Doing really good. I've been doing some touch-ups, mm -hmm. but I've smoked this. This is probably my fourth or fifth time, and the other ones I had I didn't have any issues with. This one, I, it's still burning the right way, but because of that perfecto, you have to kind of like help right. it chase a little bit. Yeah. So That's nothing on it's take. preventing me from enjoying right. it. So. Not too hot. I love the spice in the mm -hmm. cigar. It's really good. Again, there was a super 11 by 18 size that was 8 by 60, 70, 60. Wow. That asylum offered. Well, sound like those this, is, go together. this is the first like <laughs> normal size. Normal, normal size. size. <laughs> Something that's symbolizing yeah. non, non super big gulp <laughs> size that, that uh, they put out in this particular Vitola. Um so Asylum has done it before. But uh I do I I think the blend is fantastic. Yep, it's on point. That's for sure. We're like a four-year-old eating Cheerios over here, Mom. Ashes mm. all over the place. Huh? Yeah, it mm. is a very ashy cigar. I've mm. got I've got a very good blanket of little ash 
Yeah, it looks like it's snowing in here. Christmas time. That's just you guys. My keyboard's clean. I'm good. <laughs> well, good for you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Of course it is, Dave. So you guys think that like then the TAA releases is a way of a lot of companies trying to like test run something to see if they can sure. release? Because I, I know, sure. I mean, I talked to Glenn Case at the Blues Barbecue last year, and last time I spoke to him that um, San Andreas Box Press, he was planning on keeping it to be like regular thing for shops that it was successful at. Mm -hmm. So like there was a TAA cigar that was intended to be whatever amount of boxes, but now it's something that they're going to keep doing. Yeah, so right, it's like... Yeah. Do you, do you think that this is kind of like a sampling ground to do it? Do you think that Absolutely. that's what this should be? Do you think it should just be like putting something special out for the TAA and that's it? Or do you think you should have some business model behind doing it well, to get like some? I think, I think it should be, be D model. all of the above. Yeah. Like uh, it's a perfect time and <laughs> D perfect D all of the above. You know, that's what you put in your SITs. <laughs> D, D, D. Why choose when you can have everything like nachos? Yeah, nachos. Um, Taco Tuesday. You know, I, I think... <laughs> You know, when you're making a special cigar for stores that are members of the Tobacco Association of America, you know, how do you make those stores stand out? How do you make that cigar special? Is it just offering something that's a hit that's now box pressed or a little bit wider, a little bit thicker or a, a figurato? Or do you try something new to help those stores have an, you know, attract customers that non-TAA stores don't get? I mean, yeah. that, that's part of it too. Is this is supposed to make this is supposed to be something that that you know not only is nice and that you have to go to a TAA store to get it, but it also wants to be something that makes those TAA stores something that people will seek out. Right. Right. You know, so again, that create that creativity, that thinking outside the box, is something that I think is important to that. Uh, that said, to your point, if it's only at a hundred stores in the country, that's a great little testing ground. Mm -hmm. You know, these are people because of the there is a, you know association together. You know, it's these are very serious shops that are serious about what they're doing. Um, but it's also only a hundred shops, you know? So if you do something and to Dave's point, it turns out not to be so great. You haven't really saturated the market with something that maybe you need to take back and tweak a little bit before you put out. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. We have a Pat's looking at me with evil eyes. I don't know what that means. We have a comment. Taking it all in. We have a comment here. They want to know. Is if we're it going Cheyenne? No. <laughs> well, I don't know who it is. It's got a weird name. So it's got to be, uh, um, they want to know if we're going bowling afterwards. If we are going bowling if we're going bowling. Oh, uh, Pat, do you want to talk about the shirts? Is there whiskey involved? I um, made us yes. uh, <laughs> not just belong smoke shirts. So we got the, uh, the logo on the sleeve. Yep. See that? We have our handles in the back, which I'm not going to get up and turn around. Can't really but, see it anyway. It's, yeah, it's you wouldn't small. be able to see it. So we have uh, pretty official stuff going on here. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should go bowling. These are these are not bowling shirts, people. These are Guayavera shirts. These are official Cuban wear. Very nice. Four sets of pockets. They got the stripes Four up and down. Dave, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's borderline. Yes. 
<laughs> um, but they're they're very they're very nice, they are comfortable. Nice. And again, summertime shirts. It kind of fits with the whole summertime smokes kind of a thing. I've always enjoyed the Guayabera shirt. You know, it's it's nice. It's it's formal looking. It's a button down thing, but it's also not tucked in. Mm-hmm. It's breathable. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a tobacconist, I like it because it has pockets. Pockets. You know, you need you know. Pockets. You know, pockets for your lighters, for your cutters, for the cigars I that you may be carrying pockets, around. Yes. Uh, I, pockets are so useful for people in our business. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you have four on your shirt is really, really good. I love these things. Pockets for stuff. And uh, I think Pat did a great job yes, thank you, on Pat. these shirts. Thank you. Very, very good. I'm very excited. So, uh, no, we're probably not going bowling. Um I mean, we're still we still have some tequila ahead of us, so bowling is probably not something we, we should might do. end up bowling in Mexico. Who knows? <laughs> mm. All right, so we're coming up against the uh, end of the first half here. <clears throat> What's the final take on the Asylum Thirteen TAA Eleven Eighteen? Well, I think it's very smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got the sweetness that's going running through it. Um, the, it's got like this peppery and um uh like a spice with it too it's it's <laughs> really good it's just i'm enjoying it very much yeah i think I, I probably reacted the way that i think everyone else probably did who's buying this cigar i didn't look anything into it so i thought this was literally just the Coraline asylum 13 put in the 11 18 size I, I actually had no clue before the show started it was honduran so i thought that Initially, I was thinking that the cigar, like the size of it, because I've smoked the regular Asylum. I think it had the Robusto and a, like a, I think it had the 7x70 because I had my Halloween costume and mm-hmm. I thought it looked fun <clears throat> to have. So, you know, it, it's it's Nicaraguan, so it has a kind of like that black pepper. I kind of said it was like an Oreo. Black pepper, white pepper. Yeah. Like an, it had like kind of like an Oreo cookie, kind of like that, you know, chocolate kind of graham cracker to it. Chocolate it was cracker. creamy. So, chocolate crackers, vanilla And then when I smoked this cigar, I... I thought you know i the spice was kind of more refined on it because it, now it's honduran so now mm. it makes more sense to me getting kind of like that like nutty kind of spice to it like yeah. a white pepper like kind of a baking spice in the finish so i think that it's it's a really mm. good cigar and it's i'm mm. kind of interested to see if this is maybe christian's trying to get asylum just to be made <laughs> with his tobacco I don't know. that is also entirely possible yes <laughs> Tom, let me tell you, your cigar would be so much better made with tobacco from my family farm. But the way, the true way to test that is, see, you know, you, you got to make a larger gauge out of it to see how it mm. burns with the blend right. and the wrapper. Because mm. again, I think I'm not an expert with Asylum, but I would assume that your 60 plus gauge smokers—that's probably the populace of your rotational smokers. So I'd be interested to see if they made this into a bigger vitola, if it would burn correctly and kind of satisfy that clientele all right hmm. all right when we come back we're going to smoke another great summertime blend that comes out uh, at the beginning of august each year uh sunbear from cornell and deal and we'll talk more about that when we come back we'll be back in about two and a half minutes all right everybody we are back and for the second half of the show we are smoking this Cornell and Deal's small batch release just released uh, today, August 2nd, Sunbear Mountain Flower. This is a 
uh, annual release. It's been uh, since every year from its inaugural blend in 2019. Uh, it has come out, and it's a seems to be a bigger and bigger hit every year. Let me read you a little bit from the uh, Loud DC website about the tobacco here. Uh, designed to be the perfect summertime smoke, Corn Island Deal Small Batch Sun Bear combines top tier bright Virginias and tangy reds with two distinct varietals of matured oriental leaf. Natural casings of silver tequila and elderflower complement these tobaccos alongside a drizzle of raw, unpasteurized honey to elevate the leaf's inherent mm. sweetness and floral notes. Mm. While previous iterations have featured honey from various farms, including the personal hives of Cornelian Deal's master blender, Jeremy Reeves, 2022's edition further augments the blend with ethically sourced wildflower and black berry honey from a family-owned apiary in Morganton, North Carolina, a community that Cornelian Deal called home for over 20 years. The organic mountain flower honey complements Sunbear's tobaccos, elevating their fruitful, fruity and floral notes for a bright, refreshing character and creamy, rounded finish. Despite its unique casing, Sunbear Mountain Flower is not an aromatic, they say, but a complex Virginia Oriental flake with both top and bottom notes of mutual sweetness. It appeals to customers across the smoking spectrum without targeting an individual flavor profile and is a rare summertime treat that every smoker can open and enjoy immediately or purchase in multiple tins to put away in age. Mm. And uh, that's what they say about it. They think it's pretty stinking awesome. We're here to tell you our opinion of this iteration of Sunbear. One of the things that I think is interesting about this particular blend, this is the third time it's been released. Um, the component tobaccos stay the same but every year it's a different honey that's used in the blend and that the different characteristics of that honey reacts with the tobaccos and creates different notes of flavor and stuff like that and again you know you i think you kind of smell some honey notes when you open the tin but it's not like you smoke this and go oh there's lots of honey here yeah. mm -hmm. you know but it's you more it's the the honey is is in very small quantities on this they made um 15,000 tins of this two ounce tins and in that entire process they used five gallons of honey wow so there, there's not a whole lot of honey in this um but it's a very very um uh unique thing how just a little bit of something can really change the mouthfeel and, and i'd love to know the application affect, affect the ph and stuff yeah. like that it, you know for instance you know one of the reasons i wanted to pair the 724 barrel select of padron tequila with this is there is tequila on the uh, tobacco it's one of the, the casings there uh and so i thought that would be a natural choice for a, a, a pairing with this um but at the same time, it's not like you smoke this and go, oh, look, tequila. Mm -hmm. You know, it just, the, the sweetness of the tequila, uh, of the agave, really just kind of interacts with the natural sweetness in the tobaccos. And I think heightens them, changes the pH a little bit, so your mouth feels a little bit different. So I, I'd like to know what you guys think of this. Um, Pat, you've, you've smoked some of the other Sun Bear stuff before, correct? Uh, last year's. Last year's. You've, you've done the... Uh, 
the Black Locust. Dave and I have done all three uh, versions of this. And uh, Shell, this is this is your inaugural your first experience, your first experience of of Sun Bear at all. So I'd I'd love to know what you guys think, and if if you guys remember how this is compared to other iterations of this, you know, feel free to to put in your comments there. I feel like the uh, the first release of the Sun Bear was like you know absolutely amazing because you got you really got a little bit of that honey in the taste, and it was you know I'm a Virginia nut so. You know the the stone fruits um, were really prevalent, and then I feel like with the next release, they, it kind of toned down a little bit. It was more of a mild sun bear, and then with this release, uh, I feel like it's it's back up to like a full flavored experience again. Uh, the, the thing that's different about this one for me is that not only are like the the fruit tastes like the stone fruit tastes and dates and raisins kind of back up, but there's a huge amount of uh, botanicals or be uh, from the orientals uh, and I find that intoxicating this is this is my favorite release yet Michelle mm -hmm. what's what's your take on this well first I'd like to express the point that uh, you made about it being ethically sourced honey mm -hmm. it's not blood honey Mm -hmm. They're in the little bees with sifting pans at the river. Making <laughs> <laughs> but as you read the description, I was going smoking along and very tangy. Uh, that that hint of honey is there. Mm -hmm. And the Virginias are just popping. It's very refreshing. Mm. Mm. So good. Pat? I'm trying to like kind of figure it out, but like, so last year is again i had it once so i'm not really like the aficionado of sun bear but it's i remember last year like i know like the big thing when i started with pipe i didn't know much about them mm -hmm. was i like spice mm -hmm. so a lot of the blends i enjoyed had spice in it and i remember right. the sun bear that i had last year it lacked that spice note mm -hmm. to it it was i would say it was um pretty savory I think mm -hmm. it was mild. It wasn't. It, it was refreshing, I guess, but it, it didn't have a lot of body to it. Mm -hmm. This one here, like, I'm getting. I think the honey is coming out on the palate when you mm -hmm. drop in the cigar, and it's like, kind of putting like a really like sweet coating on it, and it's it's kind of refreshing, kind of on the palate before the finish. Mm -hmm. So it kind of like sets you up, so the spice can kind of come out more forward since you're kind of like it, it's it, it's like setting your palate that makes sense like mm -hmm. it's the coating and it, it gives you a lot of like nuances that i really i could i really can't speak much to because i'm trying to like figure it out still but yeah. like let me just take one more draw mm. but it has like a really like hay and floral kind of Very mm -hmm. floral, yes. savoriness to it the sweetness kind of like lingers through the palate to the finish and then it's like it's, it's fruity it's like a, like it's i wouldn't say it's, it's it, i guess you can say stone fruit but it, yeah. i think it's more of like a like a raspberry kind mm -hmm. of mm, interesting like a it's it's very that refreshing kind of, yeah yeah you know one of the things that i think is interesting is that uh you know jeremy is who blends who blends this um really feels like certain blends do are more enjoyable at certain times of the year yeah and this virginia oriental type of blend i think is something that he feels is best enjoyed when it's warmer outside mm. you know and, and i think that 
the uh, different components he adds to this, the, the tequila, the elderflower, the wildflower honey, um, all just kind of, you know, I, to me, to me it is, it's, it's like summer in a tin. Yeah. You know, when you open it up and you smell it, you're like, oh, this is, this is mid to late summer. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean? Feels like summer. It's yeah, that, it it's, it's that kind of a thing. And so it's, it really is something that's designed to be enjoyed, you know, this time of year, right. you know, those kind of deep, rich, sweet, kind of a very ripe, green, warm kind of flavors. That may have sounded odd, but, you know, no, just... this is definitely a, I'm up early on a summer morning, mm -hmm. I'm outside, wherever I may be outside and lighting this up and just enjoying that slight bit of coolness before it heats up outside in the summertime. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of Jeremy Reeves, we've got uh, a number of things coming up with him, which we are very excited about um, starting uh, August 12th uh, for a cigar event, actually, uh, with Steve Saka. Uh, Steve Saka and of Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, uh, who is a kind of a closet secret pipe guy, and Jeremy Reeves, who is the master blender for Cornell and Deal, who's a kind of a secret cigar guy. Uh, the two of them somehow became friends I and uh, worked worked together on a uh, high-end cigar that incorporated some pipe tobacco so that Steve could share some of his favorite um, new pipe nuances with his uh cigar smoking followers and they created four iterations of the stillwell star cigar the aromatic the navy which utilizes navy blend tobacco english which utilizes a an english latakia based uh blend and the um uh virginia perique what they call the bayou um which is you know Virginia Perique. And so those cigars have the same binder, the same wrapper, but the filler changes. So it looks like exactly the only way to tell the difference between a cigar is the footband. Yeah. You know, but um, uh, it's been a big hit for us at Twins. And uh, we're having Steve and Jeremy for a um, Stillwell and Bourbon mm -hmm. night on awesome. August 12th. That's a Friday night from 5 to 8 o'clock. And uh, there's going to be all sorts of specials on Dunbarton Tobacco Cigars, but the, the focus point is going to be the Stillwell Star. Uh, I don't believe the two of them have been together um, at any in, in the same room talking about the cigars uh, that I have found anywhere. So this is going to be uh, a unique thing. Uh, Jeremy Reeves has never been in New England before, so this is unique at least for the New England area. Uh, I can say that for sure. Um, but you come to Twins, and we're going to have a four-pack of Stillwell Star cigars, one of each type, and we'll sell the pack for 60 bucks. And if you get one of those packs, you're going to be able to get some special time with Steve and Jeremy up on our deck at, that is right off the 724 Lounge. There's going to be um, Tyler Tomlin, uh, from Horizon Beverage is going to be there with uh, Woodford Reserve, the specifically the uh, uh, 724 barrel select version of that. 
and offering tastings of that. There's going to be chili there provided by me. The burnt offerings chili, burnt which offerings. is one, won several different chili contests, and uh, um, which is not me bragging. It's just letting you know it's probably good. Maybe just a little bit it's, bragging. Maybe just a little bit. But I want people to know it's good stuff. And it's burnt offerings because there's lots of animals in that chili. <laughs> Sacrificial animals. Sacrificial <laughs> animals. You know, there's, there's beef, there's veal, there's ground pork. There's lamb mm. and bacon Meat. Mm. because bacon makes everything better, people. Meat. And something else about my chili, uh, no water touches my chili. The, the, the uh, uh, broth that's in there is, the base of that is stout. <laughs> yeah. And you have no idea. Yeah. Stout, stout beer. <laughs> and then there's four different kinds of beans. There's whole cloves of garlic in there, several kinds of uh, onions as well. It's a party in your mouth, and it's going to be great. Mm. And you're going to get that chili. You're going to get the uh, uh, bourbon. You're going to get the cigars. You're going to get time with Jeremy and Steve and get to ask whatever questions you want, hear about the cigars. And then uh, for the people who uh, take part in that experience, if you decide to treat yourself to some uh, Dunbarton cigars, you're going to get an extra 10% off of a box price on uh, the cigars only at that day, only during that time, and only for people who take part in the Stillwell and Bourbon experience. Uh, there's also going to be some raffles going on for people who take part in that. We're going to be raffling off some great prizes, uh, kind of a Dunbarton pack, uh, which is going to be really, really good. But uh, that's some secret stuff that we're putting together with Steve and everybody. That's going to be awesome. Yes, sir. That's uh, the 12th of August from 5 to 8 at the London Dairy Store. And then the next morning, it's pipe time, people. It's pipe club. Pipe club. And uh, Jeremy Reeves is going to be with us all day. And we've got uh, basically two different events going on with that. We have a massive uh, Savinelli and Peterson uh, pipe show that will be going on during the day, all day long. Kaz Walters from... Uh, Love DC Distribution Group, which handles the distribution for Peterson and Savinelli Pipes, is going to be there. And he has put together an amazing package. I I had five boxes of stuff show up at my at the shop today just for the that show. That's awesome. <clears throat> um Sweet. from what he's told me, it's basically twice as big as any show that we have done here before. Wow. And we've always done big shows, yeah. so it's it's going to be. If you're at all looking for a new pipe, um, <laughs> this is the time to come, this people. Is the time to come. You're never going to see this many pipes in one place. It's 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 going to be amazing. But during the pipe show, we're doing something called Jefferson with Jeremy, and what we're doing is. We're offering an experience with him where 25 bucks, you can go back and sit with Jeremy. You can and you can have two pairings, with uh, two full pairings, featuring uh, Jefferson's um, whiskey and um, Jefferson's bourbon, and you can enjoy some rare stuff. You can enjoy 2019 
Carolina Red Flake. Mm-hmm. You can enjoy um, uh, the 2019 original release of Sunbear. You can enjoy uh, one of his latest things, uh, the Palmetto Balkan, or this year's Sunbear Mountain Flower is also going to be included in that. And along with that, um, he also blended the 724 Briary Blends for us, Boston Tea Party, and Queen City. Those will be available as well. And so Jefferson's, those rare tobaccos, some of our special stuff, all stuff that that Jeremy has blended and put together himself. Um, you'll get all that. And then if you do that and you decide to buy a pipe, Savinelli or Peterson, you can put that $25 that you paid for that experience towards the pipe. So it's like you got that experience for nothing and you buy the pipe. It's going to be fantastic. And like I said, Jeremy has never been around New England before. We're wicked pumped about this. Mm-hmm. And then in the afternoon, something even more special. We have our very first pipe dinner. I've done lots of cigar dinners. I've never done a pipe dinner before. But my people at Pipe Club wanted a pipe dinner. And so I said, hmm, let me see what I can do. And so we got Jeremy Reeves to be a special guest at our pipe dinner. And he's going to do a blending demonstration at this dinner of how he puts together Boston Tea Party. And so as he explains that, we're going to be smoking the different components of that uh, blend. And we're going to be smoking them with pairings that we've picked out, especially designed to go with that. And that all takes part in a three-course meal that, you know, appetizer, main course, dessert, um, the appetizers, big cheese plate to kind of start things out. Then uh, jalapeno poppers with stuffed with (coughs) cheese and, yes, bacon. Bacon. Because, like I said, bacon makes everything better. Right. Beautiful thing. And then we got, you know, chicken confit for the main course. We've got uh, a a special uh, beans and peanut mixture with that. We've got a spicy slaw. We've got made-from-scratch raviolis to go with that as well and then for dessert it's again it's a made from scratch carrot cake with cream cheese icing and that's going to be smoking the final boston tea party and we've got um uh new england let's see i just i just got this all figured out uh let's see twins events here we go and uh maybe for now yeah 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 uh, <clears throat> yeah, we're having uh, the New England Barrel Company is going to be doing bourbon for two of the two of the drinks. With the appetizer, we're going to be having New England Bourbon Company's three-year-old small batch uh, bourbon whiskey, and um, then during the main course, we're going to have 603's Winnie uh, Ale with uh, the main course. And then we're going to have a cocktail featuring the New England Barrel Company three years old straight bourbon whiskey, 99 proof. Mm. That was just featured in Forbes as one of the best bourbons uh, at the last uh, uh, bourbon um, um, competition out in uh, California. 
big, big stuff. This is a great up-and-coming company, and they're New Hampshire-based, which is even more awesome for us. So, And 603 is New Hampshire-based, too. So mm-hmm. you've got some great local stuff taking part in this. It's going to be fantastic. And then the dinner also includes everybody getting a tin to take home a Boston Tea Party. It's going to be awesome. And, again, if you show your ticket during the pipe event, you can get $25 off any Peterson or Savinelli pipe of your choice with that dinner. The tickets are 80 bucks for that. It's limited to 30 people. I think there are only like five tickets left where, you know, this is going to sell out. So if you're anywhere in the New England area and you are into pipes at all, you want to spend some time with Jeremy Reeves, who's never been here, get it. It. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great time. It's yeah, gonna be it awesome. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, it is. So lots of stuff. And then Steve and Jeremy are both gonna be on the podcast on a special episode Monday night, the fifteenth. We usually do Tuesdays now, but we're doing it on Monday, and that's our third anniversary as a podcast that's coming up. Mm-hmm. I can't believe we've been doing this for three years. Dave and I have never missed a week in three years. We've done this. It's freakish. And we're so pumped to have them. We're going to do the Stillwell Star Navy and Blockade Runner mm. um, uh, or Black Frigate, excuse me, Black Frigate Tobacco uh, on that show. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Steve and Jeremy, um, <clears throat> of course, and I'm not worried about content because Steve loves to talk. So <laughs> it's going to be a great show. It's, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a really good time. Mm. Hallelujah. Yep. Hallelujah. Amen. How do you think the Sun Bear is going with the 724 Barrel Select Patron Tequila? Oh, yeah. I don't feel it's affecting it very much. Is that it's, a good thing or a bad thing? Is it a good thing or a bad thing? The tequila is very smooth. Mm-hmm. Very smooth. It's almost like water. Mm. Um I'm still getting all the flavors from the Sunberry, even more so on my second bowl here. I got a lot of graham cracker, which is very mm. interesting. Mm. But I don't think that it's not a bad pairing, but I don't think they're really going together in a okay. way that's going to bring out any more than what it is. I think it brought up the honey on the palate a little bit more. And mm. then kind of like the finish kind of stayed the way it was. Mm. But yeah, it definitely brought up the honey for me. Dave? I have to agree with that. I don't think the pairing changed anything, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad pairing, right. you know. But it's not a, it's not a bad pairing. Period. It's a they they go well with each other. But I would say, you know, if you're looking for something that's going to blow your mind, this isn't it. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Is the sun bear changing at all as you go down the bowl? Or does it stay pretty consistent? It's pretty consistent. As I said, just getting into the bowl, for my second bowl, I got a, a burst of graham cracker for some reason, mm. but it's still very tangy. You get that, that little tinge of honey on the retrohale. Um, the Virginias are just like boom, boom, boom. But mm. It's very good. Mm, smoking the glass. Yep, smoking smoke the glass. glass. Yeah, I really think that the... The particular honeys they use this year really brought forward the Virginias, um, you know, the 
the fruitiness, the tanginess. Um, I think the elderflower really popped the Orientals. Mm -hmm. You know, the elderflower, that's what I'm getting yeah. at. Let's smoke the glass here and see what happens. Mm. You know, I would agree. I, I don't think the tobacco changes the drink all that much. Right. It maybe makes it a little bit creamier, mm. but I'm not really getting a whole lot of change uh, even when you smoke the glass. Right. Um, I do think I, I agree that the, the tequila is kind of a, it, it goes well with the tobacco. Maybe a different kind of tequila would go better. Um, <clears throat> if anyone has... Uh, well, Shell, I know you don't. You, <laughs> old Forester left, but I wonder. I wonder how the old Forester might go with. Uh, Maybe I want to test the, that the tobacco and mm, see, yeah, see if that does anything. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, Brad wants us all to know that it was his birthday yesterday. Yes, I I said happy birthday on Facebook. If you didn't read my comment, that's you know your oh. loss. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, yes. Dad. Now, Does that mean the brand today, today is Bree's birthday, though. Mm -hmm. Happy yes. birthday, Bree. Happy De birthday, Bree. Debris, as she's known on the show. Chaos. Um, is, uh, you know, what is she, like 12 today? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday, Bree. Forever 21. Hmm? Forever 21. <laughs> that, that is not her aesthetic. No, <laughs> not so I've all right, let's try a little footage here. What say you? What say you? Mm. Worst. That's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any changes? Mm. Maybe. Let's smoke this glass here. Dave, instead of umming and aing, you want to like I actually like use it, your words it, and it talk? actually brings out some more of the that honey spice or dare I say baking spice and and like some of the orientals and kind of mutes the fruit a little. The um, uh, sunflower, the the sunflower, the mountain flower, really kind of adds a creaminess and kind of cuts down a little bit on the the bite of the. Uh, uh, old Forester. Mm. It's very interesting how it does that. Mm. It kind of brings out some vanilla kind of notes. Uh, brings those forward. Yep. As far as that. what it does with the tobacco itself. It almost becomes more of a kind of a like almost like a brown sugar graham cracker kind of a sweetness to the tobacco. Maybe that's where I'm getting that graham cracker from. from mm -hmm. the mm. What do you think, Pat? With the the tequila the or the old the old Forester? Did I have you like try no, it? I have like none left in my bowl, so I can't. Oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you finished the whole thing, Pat. That's good. That must say something. Oh, it's enjoyable. I think as it gets like the back half of the bowl, I think it, the body kind of goes down a little bit, which is kind of unique. But it keeps that like really like refreshing kind of the spice kind of goes down. I guess mm -hmm. is the better way to phrase it. But it, it keeps that like refreshing kind of honey, like raspberry, hay floral kind of flavor. Mm -hmm. 
Does anybody get kind of like bread notes off of this? No. Very, very limited. Well, in the beginning of it, I was trying to think of what the cookie's name was, but I forgot. Mm -hmm. But it's like, it used to come in like one of those, um, trying to think. So, you know, like goldfish, like that, like little paper bag that falls yeah. on the top. So what were the cookies that came? It's like, there's, it's a thin thing of chocolate with two graham crackers kind of on top of it. They were the shortbread cookie. They were, uh, they might've been the Milanios. Milanios. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, though? Yeah, exactly. That, that, that was, it's like a, a vanilla graham cracker kind of. Kind of a Milano. Is that what it was? Milano's? Milano. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like a vanilla graham cracker kind of flavor. Mm. Cabbage Farms. Mm. Yep. Cabbage Farms. Remember. Cabbage Farms. <laughs> okay, dude. <laughs> so, uh, I have a feeling I, I know what the uh, um, answer is going to be but the would you rather question tonight oh boy is uh would you rather have the cigar pairing or the pipe pairing again mm -hmm. uh, for me i'll come out and say it I, I would rather have the cigar pairing uh i i thought that the the old forester was great with the uh, asylum 13 taa and uh, I liked how those flavors interacted with each other and brought out different, obviously different things in the cigar and how the cigar kind of really impacted the, the uh, bourbon. Um, I think that as, as much as I enjoyed the cigar, pair, the pipe pairing, um, it was good and I would do it again. But if I had to choose, I would go with the cigar. I enjoyed the cigar in Forrester Pairing, but I would like to do the pipe pairing again with a tequila that has a little more bite to it, just mm. to experiment. Mm. Do you have a particular type of tequila that might have that more bite in mind? That is a good question. Maybe that's a, uh, a task for Talia. Mm -hmm. Tequila Talia. Maybe we'll have to do the redo. Redux. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um. I suppose I would go with the cigar pairing, but I would go with, I also kind of want to go with the pipe pairing just so I could smoke it again. <laughs> I love the sun selfish bear. Reasons. For selfish <laughs> reasons, yes. But as far as like technical reasons, the, uh, yeah, the cigar pairing was definitely more better. Mm -hmm. More better. More better butter. I think like summertime... If you, you know that's kind of the theme of the show mm -hmm. i think the pipe pairing would be better because yeah. it keeps that kind of like the tequila itself is very refreshing yeah and it doesn't do anything drastic to the pipe tobacco i think it did bring up the mm -hmm. kind of that honey sweetness a little bit so mm -hmm. it's like a relaxing outdoor hot day kind of pairing like a little right. bit of a chill tequila, tequila. Is definitely more of a summer drink don't you think yeah yeah so yeah. i think a summer pairing i would prefer the pipe pairing but mm -hmm. i think just from like a general perspective i would say the cigar pairing just because i think it the old forester definitely brought a lot of that spice and it kind of like flopped the finish around a little bit mm -hmm. so yeah. i got a little bit more enjoyment out of it so i think right. actually that's one of the merits of the the pipe pairing is the fact that you got to enjoy both for what they are right you know right. it really mm. didn't affect that it didn't affect this but they still went great together right. but they didn't right. mess with each other right. it was actually you know you could just enjoy if these are your favorites you know you would really like this pairing right yeah, whatever you like about Sunbear, it, it wasn't really changed much by the tequila and vice versa. Correct. Mm -hmm. You know, 
maybe a little bit, but nothing nothing that would make you go, oh, I really missed that. Right, right, you know? right. We've had that happen with some cigars and, and pipe tobacco where a particular uh, uh, pairing really just kind of negated one of the aspects of either the drink or the tobacco. Right, right. Um, and that did not happen with this. Like, it's very like interesting. That, I thought like everybody. I thought everybody was going to say, <laughs> "Oh, oh, the cigar," but but that 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 wasn't the case. That's interesting. The cigar pairing was good, but I'd really like to experiment with that mm -hmm. the tequila and the and the sunbear again. Mm. We need Talia's help. Yep. We're, gonna, we're just going to have to have Talia back. Yep. Like the video if you want Talia to help. Come on. <laughs> well, next week I don't know if Talia is going to be here, but we are going to be doing the uh, street taco carnitas, carnitas. and which is the Connecticut wrap version of the street taco, which has been very very popular. I'm interested to try that out. Those just landed at Twins today, and then kind of uh, going along with the the very thing that I couldn't understand. We're going from a nice light cigar to a very heavy uh, tobacco. We're doing Captain Earl's Night Watch. Captain Earl's Night Watch. Which is a uh, very uh, full-bodied um, uh, English blend. It is a, uh, a English kind of crumble cake. Mm. And it's going to be very, very good. I had a number of customers... Uh, ask for it and special order it and then I finally decided you know instead of me special ordering it I just bring it in <laughs> and stop this whole special ordering business but uh, uh, Captain Earl's has been a great series that has been very uh, well received at Twins mm -hmm. and so this is the latest one we're bringing in uh, the Night Watch version and uh, I'll be excited to try that and see how it is so that's next week Next Tuesday, 8 o'clock, right here on Facebook and YouTube Live. Um, if you miss it, well, what what can I say? But we'll be we'll be yeah. on all the podcast yeah. stations yeah. a week later. But two weeks from now, we have our three-week anniversary show. Uh, two weeks from now, we have our anniversary show. And uh, that's going to be really exciting with Steve Saka and Jeremy Reeves. I'm wicked pumped about that. Likewise. And afterwards, yeah, I don't think it really matters what we do <laughs> after that. How do you top that? We're yeah. going to have to think. We're going to have to really think about how we top a show like that. That's going to be really good. Do some planning. All right. All right, everybody. That's our show for tonight. Stay smoky, my friends, and we will see you next week. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at notjustblowingsmoke. Thanks for listening, everybody, and that is Not Just Blowing Smoke. Rolling with the top down, smoke.